There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that Georgia and I love a chat about food and today's guest really, really knows her stuff. Number one, Sunday Times best-selling author, uh, family food and baby weaning recipe expert. She is mum to Nina. Please welcome to the podcast, Rebecca Wilson. Hello. Yay. <laughs> How are you, Rebecca? Very good. Thank you. My daughter's starting her first full week of school. Um, yeah, it's good. It's a good morning. How do you you feel about uh, that because we've just had a conversation um before we started recording of me sort of skipping and jumping out of the school gates and you went oh wow so I wasn't sure whether you were <laughs> feeling the opposite of that or no no I'm, I'm like it was more sort of oh I've got it to come do you know what I mean at the minute I'm at the stage of I feel emotional that she's at school because oh. my baby's grown mm-hmm. up but um I can see how uh you would soon be really relishing that time by yourself <laughs> I think it's going to come soon. <laughs> I think it. Uh, so often it depends, doesn't it, on the sort of like weekend and the morning totally. you've had. Because like this morning, weirdly, both of my kids were crying and didn't want to go to school. And we never have wow. that. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say I had a pang of guilt, but I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't. I was just kind of probably not very nice to him I was like right come on just get on with it we need to go 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 we sound like we're heartless mums Rebecca we're not I think no, Georgia's right I think sometimes when you come into these podcasts you might have had a hell of a weekend and that's exactly what my landscape looks like and so come Monday morning I'm quite grateful to get them in and have you know you know not someone shouting at no, me every two and a half seconds you take a deep breath right yeah, you and you're just like oh just just a minute to just compose yourself and feel less stressed all the time it is it is go 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 all the time yeah. like you just said isn't it with kids yeah and um yeah I've had a few sort of tense moments over the weekend so I do I do feel I do feel that but I think Nina it. is is yeah Nina's the first year of school and she's still quite little so um yeah I think I've got all the, these feelings and these emotions to come over the years <laughs> Rebecca, tell us how, you know, I think I've only got your first book, which was um, What Mummy Makes. Uh-huh. Um, so you, obviously loads of cookbooks. How did you get to where you are now? Like, have you always been into cooking? Like, how, how did it all happen for you? I uh, had Nina and I started giving her solid foods and 
I really wanted to feed her in a way where we ate together around the table and enjoyed food together as a family. That's how I was brought up. And it was what I was excited about in for the, the phase of eating with Nina. But I was finding that there wasn't really many recipes out there and I was sort of feeling a bit of stuck in a rut. So I did lots and lots of research on what she can and can't have and then started creating my own recipes and cook, cooking and eating for us together. Um, and then because I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, I think I recently uh, knew that I wasn't going to be going back to work. My part-time request was declined. So I was like, I'm just going to be a stay-at-home mom for a little bit. Um, and I set up the Instagram just for like a really small creative outlet, just so I could take a picture of what I was cooking and put it online, you know, really didn't think mm-hmm. I'd get any more than a hundred followers. You know, it would just be my friends and family being feeling supportive and sorry for me. <laughs> um, but it grew and it grew and lots of people really liked my recipes. And I think it's because there wasn't really much out there that was just proper home cooking that was suitable for your babies and yourself because it's really important yeah. to look after ourselves, yeah. isn't it? Um, you, I think quite often when you're weaning a baby, you think about you cook for them and you do all the purees or whatever way you're doing and it. And you have a piece of toast. And then, and then mm. you have a piece of toast or you don't mm. even eat. And then you think about yourself later, come nine, ten o'clock once baby is asleep. And you think, God, I've not eaten much today. And our children need us to look after ourselves. Yeah. We need energy because yeah. it's hard work looking after kids and babies, isn't it? So we need to look after ourselves. So I wanted to eat together as a family and I created these recipes. And then it grew and lots of people were asking me for more and more. Where they were asking me for a book. Uh, have I got a book for all my recipes to be together in one place mm-hmm. so it was super easy for people to cook from and then that's when the idea was born brilliant I always wanted to write cookbooks I had I've had a a big collection since I was a teenager which is a bit strange to say but I've always been a bit of an avid home cook and loved cookbooks so when everybody would say to me what's your dream job and I would say oh, I'd love to write a cookbook but it's the type of thing you would say like oh, I'd like to be an astronaut so ridiculous that it would never happen that's what I felt I worked in buy and I studied fashion design at uni you know I didn't work in cooking I was just a really keen home cook. I really loved cooking, but in my own time. So when it became a possibility, I was like, right, I'm going for it. I'm going to try and make this happen. Yeah, Yeah. let's do this. I I feel that because I love what you said about, you know, eating around the table as a family, because even though we didn't do it every night on Sundays, you know, when my sister and I were back from school, we would have like a, a, you know, a massive roast. My dad would cook. We'd all sit around. We'd Mm. laugh. We'd chat. We'd tell stories. And that's one of the really strong memories from my childhood was that with those moments together. So I, I definitely, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't necessarily eat together every single night, but when we do, it's really special. But I also find the pressure of that sort of perfect, you know, mealtime as a family, as a five, I find that quite a lot because, you know, one of the kids mm-hmm. will be getting down from the table, you know, Luna sneaking underneath the table and trying to pull Isla's hairs out of her legs. One of them will be chucking food across the room. Then Dilza starts to get angry and be like, right, everyone sit down. And then suddenly it's like, this moment doesn't feel that special any longer. It actually feels like a zing. Right. So um, yeah. I guess, you know, there, there are certain questions that have come in today about that moment, kind of maybe taking the pressure off and what does that look like? And have you got any tips for that for that special time? But what, what, what would you say if like that reality doesn't really live up to your expectation? I mean, it really is going to be realistic and having a special memory bond every single day 
isn't isn't realistic mm. at all. And it might be one moment within that half an hour meal time, that one tiny little conversation is what you remember. And the rest of it is <laughs> is chaos and stressful. Um, but I think what's really important for us to remember is that it doesn't need to be perfect. And we don't need to have, as you say, have that pressure mm. on ourselves for our children to sit super still and eat all their food and be really happy and have a really nice conversation with us. Because it's just not realistic. That's mm. not what children do. It's yeah, all, it's it's just it's about just trying to instill a routine around family meal times and try and take the the nice moments and the and the joy from it as uh, from the little from the little parts of it as much as we can and, and really understand that it's not going to be perfect yep. and it's going to be different every single day and just kind of being okay with that. Try and force, yeah, yeah. not try and force yourself force the situation to be perfect and just kind of roll with it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Do you know, so I think it was actually during lockdown um, a few years ago, we made a real thing about mealtimes, you know, like we all sit together and, you know, it was like a, a couple of times a day. Yeah, we you used have to, breakfast yeah. breakfast together. Yeah, we would really make a thing of it. And it was all great until we started like sort of, I guess, making it more than it needed to be that's what I mean so we we'd be saying to Axel sit up straight don't you know don't sit like that or make sure you sit still and all of this and suddenly it was like a pressure cooker yeah. mm-hmm. and it and it was hell and we really didn't enjoy it mm-hmm. and we were wondering we were thinking what's gone wrong like this was such a great time and now suddenly like it's horrible I, I hate it I dread it Jane like you say James would be getting cross and yeah. like it, it, it was just pre- like just real pressure right and so now we're super relaxed mm-hmm. if Axel's sitting with his leg up on the chair and just sitting <laughs> you know laying back and eating we just let him if Gigi's getting down and getting back up we let her. Yes. And actually, when people come into the house, like particularly like grandparents and stuff, maybe not so much mine because my mum would be too scared to say anything. But um, it, sometimes when they're like, sit round, do this, do that, I actually go, oh, no, we don't have that kind of mealtime in our house. We, we want to enjoy it. Like it's that, nice and that's, that you I, do I, that. I, like, just great, that. George, that you do that. Because yeah. I just think there is the, there is enough pressure anyway. I just want, like you say, my my children to enjoy meal times and not feel like it's a time where they have to behave in a certain yeah, way. And that whole like you've got to finish everything off your plate stuff, which I actually think instills so much fear in a child. I remember being like at school, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to get down from our like I went to a prep school. I wasn't allowed to get down from the tables until I'd cleared everything for I used to I used to put liver, dry liver in the pockets of my blazer <laughs> and keep oh, it with me during afternoon lessons because I didn't want to eat it. Wow. Well I mean that's wow, so that's, intense. That that is intense. It's really strict. Yeah. yeah. And loads of studies have shown that if you force a child to finish their meal, then they grow up with that feeling that they must eat all the food. Mm. And it's not a healthy way to be as an adult, as a as a teenager or even younger children. And, you know, eat until we want to teach our children to eat until they're full. And actually babies are nat- have a natural instinct to do that. Yeah. Uh, they naturally have this ability to be able to eat until they are full and, and recognise their own hunger cues. And our job as parents to help wean our babies is to help develop that skill. So when our children say that they don't want to eat anymore and you feel like it's not enough, it's, it is 
important that we try and let them decide this and let them know what it feels like to be hungry, what it feels like to be full, what it feels like to be a bit indifferent, you know, so that they can really communicate that properly. Mm, it's interesting. So when when yeah. parents come to me and say, oh, my children hasn't eaten all their food at dinner time and I feel worried that they're going to go to bed hungry, I try and help them to just relax and and trust that their child knows their own body and if they are hungry, they will eat. And if they are a little bit hungry, it's okay. I think as parents, we have this natural instinct to want to feed our child yes. until they are full because we don't want them to feel any sort of pain. And hunger is like a form of slight, you know, they can get those hunger pains. We don't want our children to feel that. Yep. But actually, it's really not the end of the world if they feel a little bit hungry. All that will happen is that when they wake up in the morning, they'll have more breakfast because they're a bit hungrier. So I think we just, we think we worry too much that our children are going to go to bed hungry. They haven't eaten all their dinner. We must make them eat more food and we get stressed about it. And then they feel stressed because they feel like we're forcing them to eat, just yeah. as you said, your childhood. Yeah, and I think if you're, if you're leading into mealtimes with them not filling up yeah. on snacks for hours before, then actually, because yeah. that's, that's a big thing in our house, you know, they just, they, we, we've just, we're just banning snacks at the moment because they'll just be like, can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can I have yeah. a snack? I want a snack. I want a snack. And then when it comes to mealtime, um, Phil, I don't want to eat it. And I'm like, this is not carrying on because it's just a way too many snacks. Yeah. snacks. So I think like if you've got those kind of rules around it, then actually, like you said, Rebecca, it's they're, if they're hungry, yeah. they eat it. If they're not hungry, then they go to bed. That's fine. Um, let's get into the first yeah. question, George, because um, it actually is, is from Jess about fussy eaters. If fussy eater refuses dinner, do you send them to bed hungry? I hate mm -hmm. doing it. It depends on what the definition of hungry is. If, if your kid is saying, I'm hungry, I'm really, really hungry, and then refusing to eat what you're giving them. Um, I think that's a, it, 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 if you want to weigh up between whether it's they haven't eaten as much as they want and they've, as much as you've given them and whether we feel like they're hungry, but they're not actually saying that they're hungry. I think there's two, there's two different things there, isn't there? Um, I think it was the little one is saying that they, they're not, they don't want to eat anymore. They're indifferent and they're not, wanting loads and loads of food um but you feel like they haven't eaten enough food so you feel like they must be hungry you know you must be hungry you haven't eaten that much um but we think we need to just trust them that they know their own hunger cues and and their own their own body and not force them to eat too much if they are saying are oh, that they're really really hungry absolutely starving um and they're refusing to eat what you've got i think it's all about having a conversation about where food comes from where what what happens when you cook the food this is the food that we have in our house we can't waste food and that this is the food that's on offer can we pick apart what's on your plate can we maybe take away something that's on the plate that's making you feel daunted that you really don't want to eat this can we maybe reduce the portion size sometimes my daughter says I really don't want to eat any of this mum and then when I just take away half of it or take away the ingredient that she really doesn't like that I didn't realize that she wasn't feeling I just take it off the plate she suddenly is wants to has a bit more of a, a want to maybe try some part of the meal maybe change the plate you could um, put the food onto there and then I think it's really about you assessing your own 
child's needs and wants. And I think that there is no point in me saying to you, don't give them an alternative. Because I think in an ideal world, we don't give our children an alternative because they remember this action, don't they? They remember that when you, yeah. when you, you know, say, oh, it's okay, I'll make you some toast then. They'll remember that for next time. So when they're not too keen on the food, they'll ask for it again. But at the same time, you know your own child. Do you know what I mean? And you can't, we can't have it. There's no like blanket rule to say, never, ever, ever offer an alternative. As a general rule, try not to do it. But it's important to to appreciate that every child is different and you know your own child and you are their their mother and father and their carer and you assess the situation. I think also if they don't enjoy a meal, for example, spaghetti bolognese is a hit in my house and I know that I can cook it and I know that two of them will eat it and love it. Luna doesn't Mm. like the meat. So she has, when the kids, when Isla and Kit have spaghetti bolognese with cheese on the top, Luna has plain pasta with, you know, butter and cheese, loads of veg. And that's what mm-hmm. she has. So I just make a slight, mm-hmm. I, I've, I, I was trying to, thought, I'd be like, look, you have to eat the bolognese part. And I'm like, well, she doesn't want to eat the meat. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You just, I think like you said, if there's one ingredient that they don't like, maybe don't try and force them to eat just, that. You just know. Yeah. yeah, it's hard as well because there's certain things that we don't like as adults. Yeah. And so exactly, it, yeah. it's it's finding, the, it's, I guess it's fun, like you say, it's finding the balance between, do they actually just genuinely not like it? Or do they need a little bit of encouragement to like it? It's an interesting subject, isn't it? Because it takes up to 20 times, if not more, of offering a certain food for for us to know whether a child actually just dislikes it or or they just don't fancy it or they don't like the texture or they're in a in a, in a funny mood it, it we have to keep on offering it and I think that the key is with this subject is to just ensure that you are always offering so it's always there as an option and they get to choose whether they have it or not and it's all about the choice would you say that as well if you've been offering fruit for three years would you say that that is something that I should keep on offering, Rebecca? Or should I just give up now? Because I have actually just given up now for a bit. It's way too much wastage. The wastage is a problem, isn't it? Um, but I, I would advise to just offer a little bit alongside foods that you know are a hit. Yeah. So every now and again, maybe once a month, um, to just give it a go. You never know what will happen. And Nina hated carrots for three and a half years, would not eat carrots at all, kept on trying, and now she will eat carrots raw, not cooked yet, but raw. (laughs) So I'm still going, and I'm still going, and I think the trick is to just don't ever really give up for too long on offering, because once once you take away a food item, in particular food group, we don't want to take away a whole food group, Mm -hmm. because... And, and then limit their diet so much because, oh, well, they don't like that. They're not going to eat that. We're not going to bother offering it because it's a waste. We are unintentionally limiting their diet down and we're not offering them the opportunity to give it a go okay. again. Or, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I get that. This is from Ashley. Yay, she's my favourite. Oh. Not a question, more of a statement. <laughs> oh. uh, I love that. Uh, Victoria says ideas for post-school snacks. Not too much, uh, not too much to ruin the tea, but not junk. Uh, keep giving into cake. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And I'm learning this now with Nina, especially when she was at preschool last year as well. I come 
half past three, ravenous. I've never seen yes. a child so hungry. And it's kind of giving them something that's going to sustain them yeah. and fill them, but not taking away the appetite from dinner. I would go with a rice cake with some peanut butter on maybe if they can have it. Um, a little pot of fruit all nice chopped up, um, maybe a wrap with some sort of spread on it, cheese spread, nut butters again, rolled up and, have, and chop it into um, into discs. Um, really just a small, a small amount of food is a good one. And another tip that I sometimes do with Nina is if I'm prepping dinner earlies, which I quite often do, um, I say I've got, the veggies sorted, I will give her those veggies earlier as her snack. And then I have less of a pressure and know that internal pressure that we all have, that we all want them to eat all their veggies. If she's already been munching on some raw carrot sticks, for example, because she won't eat them now, (laughs) um, I know that she's had them. Mm. And then then I don't, it feels less stressful at the dinner time as well. That's a great so, tip. You know, I'll still put some out yeah, at dinner. Yeah, that is a good but, idea. But I, but I know that she's had some already an hour and a half ago. So it's less of a pressure. So I really like to do that. So I give her a little bit of, little bit of veggies and maybe something carby, I don't know, a piece of toast. Or, yeah. I don't know, but not too much as well. It's, it's such a fine balance. I'm learning now with Kit that if, even if he eats his dinner at five, five thirty, he, he needs to eat again at seven. So he'll have two rounds of toast at seven mm-hmm. o'clock with butter and peanut butter. He just is so hungry. I'm like, how can you still yeah. be hungry? Bearing in mind he's had natural yogurt afterwards and he might have I might have forced him to eat half a banana. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, again, he's like, I need more toast. I'm like, well, I mean, sometimes it's three rounds of it. I'm like, how is that? But he's just, he just, just what he needs. He just needs it before bed. And this is it. I think this comes down to as well with our children not eating enough. I think what we perceive as the right amount of food for a child is so different yeah. for every child and yeah. we just trust them to yeah. know that they are telling us mm. I'm hungry I'm not hungry mm. and first they want they also our children want us to trust them as well when they talk to us so they mm. you know if they say to me I'm not hungry they want us to say okay, okay. I and yeah okay yeah. not feel like they're lying yeah. because you know they it's really important around around food and in general as parents that our children feel like we believe them when they talk to us. Yeah, because also like sometimes you can have a child who has a really big appetite and then they might have a couple of weeks where they just don't really eat that much. I have it with Gigi. So like common. She eats like a sparrow sometimes and I'm like, gosh, how have you even got any energy? You've barely eaten anything. Mm. And then like, the following two weeks she'll eat absolutely loads and so yeah I I guess I think that comes with time though doesn't it because it's very easy to say you know when you're a first time mum and you know you've just started weaning it's really hard to grasp that yeah whereas you know second child or you know however many children you've got further down the line you kind of get to know that they do, you know, sometimes yeah. they eat more they go than other times. And yeah, exactly. Psychological phases and lots of things happening. Um, and But you're so right. I think as a first-time parent, firstly going into weaning a baby or even just feeding your toddler is a little bit of a shock if your child is so up and down with their appetite. But it is yeah. important to know that it is really normal, so normal. And I think it comes down to the whole conversation about just letting up our little ones have their up be in control of their own hunger cues and us trusting them. We'll be right back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Here's a question um, which I think a lot of people will relate to. I need some tips on meal planning and food shopping for family. Where to start? Oh, it's a really, really good question. And it's it's so um, important now, isn't it? With all the rising costs of living, uh, I think meal planning is such a good way to to save a few pennies mm-hmm. because we've all been to the supermarket without a list and just bought a load of junk <laughs> and a load of stuff that we don't need and it goes off. Um, so my number one tip is to write lists. And I do actually have a meal planning book that came out in 2020, which is really good because it's got two sections on it where you go through your kitchen first to see what you've actually got in. So then you're not buying twice because it's quite ha- often happened to me when I've not written a list and not checked my kitchen thought I needed something in the shop and I've got home I've already got two tins of it or something I know and then your kitchen's full of food and that you that you didn't need to buy um so check what's in your kitchen first and then try and make a meal plan from what's already in right and then if you need to buy little extras then you add that to your list which makes it so much cheaper for shopping and you're you you're having a better stock rotation of what's in your cupboard so things don't go out of date and um, you know you're using up those veggies that go soft in your fridge it just happens all the time doesn't it so if you've been planning what you've already got 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 in your fridge um and and yeah, so if you and then when you're going around the supermarket, just make sure that you're sticking to your list because it's so easy to just yeah just buy what's just on go offer or just get a bit yeah exactly and don't go Try into the be, supermarket hungry without a list because yeah, that that, that means that you're buying random tip. shit and you're eating it whilst you're walking around and people are like mm. is that crazy lady ravaging on tiny little mini cocktail sausages? <laughs> um, what meals do you like cooking for the for the family? Can you give us like your top five? Well, I love chicken wings. Nina absolutely loves them as well um, with lemon and garlic oil and mixed herbs and garlic powder and that's super easy and we eat that all the time um but i've been making a few recipes recently for my um from my new book fast family food i had family come over at the weekend and it was so lovely my mum really liked the um sesame cabbage squares which were just it's such a great one it's like um strong not too strong but um a good flavor of sesame sesame seeds but it's got cabbage in there as well which is such a great ingredient to add in because you don't if i was to give my daughter steamed cabbage she just wouldn't eat it you know but you put them in this and they eat it 
she eats it so well and she really loves it. And I love that one because it's good for batch cooking as well. I love to use a slow cooker as well. My uh, slow cooker pulled chicken tikka, which is really good. Ooh. I've been, um, I really love a quick pasta dish. And we all like um, super quick food, don't we? So yes. um, 10 minutes. That we, this is why I wrote this new book because everybody was saying to me that I just don't have time to cook in the kitchen. So this new book, Fast Family Food, everything's prepped in 10 minutes. And actually it's how I cook as well. Wow. I like to just cook super quick, speedy meals. Yes. So there's lots of nice recipes here. There's a whole chapter on just 10-minute recipes as well. So I've been cooking a lot from that. Like uh, my quick tuna sweet corn pasta. That's really That's good always one. a big hit. Like a like yeah. a tuna bake or something goes down well. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And it's good for lunchboxes as well, cold. Um, and my fish pie gnocchi as well. That's been good. Oh, yeah. Trip. Yeah, honestly, it's so good. Cooked in 10 minutes. And it's basically all the flavours of fish pie. And then instead of... Um, mashed potato on top you use gnocchi which is obviously gnocchi. made of, um mashed potato um so it's kind of like a different take on it but it's so much quicker and just really really gorgeous great, <laughs> great love that. this is from beth my 14 month old was amazing now she just chucks everything on the floor it's so disheartening i'm trying so hard not to offer her what i know she'll eat but it's so hard it is really hard it's super hard and actually around that age there is like a de- de- developmental happening going on with our little ones where they suddenly become really independent and they are aware of this independence and they suddenly know how to say no almost do you know what I mean whereas before they kind of just doing as we were asking them to and then all of a sudden they're like oh I can say no to this and I'm gonna really test the boundaries and see what I can and can't do and I really lots of parents notice that this happens with our little ones around eating as well and it can become the start of like a, a I don't like to use the word too much fussy but you know a fussy stage um yeah because the, our little ones are suddenly more aware of what they want and what they don't want and they and they kind of want to sort of test the boundaries on saying no even if they kind of do want it I think they think it's funny sometimes don't they or they yeah. think it's hilarious well, they yeah. learn the reaction don't they they learn that they're going to get a reaction yeah yeah and they're going to get a reaction and that's and that's really important if your kid is throwing food on the floor don't react because that's what they want. They want they even if it's a negative or a positive, you're giving them a reaction. So when my Nina was little, I just ignored it. Even though in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my god, it's going to leave a stain if I don't pick it up now. It's going to leave a stain. <laughs> but no, I was like, you've got to just ignore it, ignore it for a minute, and then until they've moved on to the next, they can just slightly pick it up because they want that reaction, yeah. and it, it it does minimize it going forward if you. Don't give it to them. In terms of um, this, this this lady's question, how she should deal with it, I think I think help, knowing that it is really normal may help. It did help me at the time, and I, I think you've just kind of got to work through it. You know, just keep on offering, um, keep on going, and keep try and take the pressure off yourself and off your little one to actually eat the food. And and it comes down to letting them develop these hunger cues and these and the 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 knowing when they're full and you know if you want to actually minimize the food throwing aspect of it you can um so say if you're feeding your little one at a high chair or the table next to you and rather than putting all the food on their plate or on the tray in front of them you could just give them little bits give them like you know a couple of handfuls at a time so it's not 
they just don't just throw it all straight okay. away. They're not lo- launching the whole bowl across the room. launching everything, right. So they can you know, eat one, they might launch one, and then you can be like, no, we don't do that. Um, or, you know, or just completely ignore it, depends on how you want to go about it. And then just give them the food at a slow amount rather than letting them just chuck it everywhere i don't think there's yeah. i don't think there are many things that are more disheartening than having cooked you know if you're not a natural if you're not a natural cook and you find it quite difficult and you're knackered and then you put it out and your kid just goes and just chucks it on the I floor know. you're just like and this is why right. i love cooking for a family as well because if that happens at least you're yeah. fed yes <laughs> yeah. yes it's yes. not like you spend half an hour, 45 minutes, making this meal just for your baby. And then they throw it away, yep. throw it on the floor. And then that's it. Meal's over. At least you can sit there and finish your food and feel a bit better. <laughs> feel a bit better yeah, about the situation. At least it's not been away. You can make yeah. them yeah. wear their bowl as a hat as punishment. <laughs> this is now your hat yeah. and you'll have to wear it for the rest <laughs> of the meal. Um, these are not questions, but lovely statements from Hannah. Just to say a massive thank you to her for her recipes. So easy to follow mm. and tasty. So there's a fan oh, there, and um, Anna says, Hulk pasta is life. That is all. What's Hulk pasta? <laughs> Hulk pasta is probably my most popular recipe. It's my Hulk mac and cheese, where it's got spinach in the sauce. So it makes the sauce go green, and it's like really fun for the kids. But you know, if I was to give Nina steamed, steamed spinach on its own, she would not eat it at all. No. Um, but put it in this pasta and she loves it. She's actually pictured with that with that recipe in my first book. It's Love really nice. That. It's nice to see how much she's grown as well with the new book, Past Family Food, and my first book, What We Makes. Nina's in all of my being pictured in all my books. It's so nice to sort of yeah. see how she's uh. grown. It's like it's really emotional. Uh, and yeah. she'll have that. Actually, someone's asked a question about Nina here. They've said, has Nina always been a good eater? Nina is like every other child. Um, and I think it's really important to, to when, especially because I have an Instagram and, and, and all of that, it's really easy to cut, sort of compare and say, you know, if I'm saying um, Nina's eating this or my, my kid wouldn't eat that, I think it's super easy to compare, but it's... I, really important to remember that all children have go through fussy phases yeah and you know nina in general does eat well because i have eaten eaten with her offered her a wide variety and done done lots of these things within my books that i that i advise so it's really good to helping raise confident little eaters but saying that she definitely has things she just she won't eat she had definitely goes through weeks if months where she's doesn't really want to eat much at all sometimes she eats more sometimes she eats less sometimes she's more adventurous to try new food sometimes she's not and I think I think it's important that I remember and we all remember that children are only little and that we shouldn't yes. get too much pressure on them yeah. um so to answer the question is Nina is great at, at eating but she is just like every other kid and has has her moments as well. Yeah, great. Fine. Like that. Kirsty says that a good pudding for kids isn't too processed or sugary. Oh, I like that. It is a good one. In my new book, really like this one, I've got my Banoffee Pie Toasts, which is like, um, it's super easy to make up, which you can have it for breakfast as well if you want, but it's quite, it's it's a sweeter um, dish, so it's nice for pudding. Toast with like a caramel sauce, um, like a cream, cream, 
esque. It's not actually cream, but you'll you'll know if you when you read the book. So it's healthier, and then banana, of course. And it's like a, a, an easy banoffee pie, Ooh, nice. but really really Moorish. But also on the subject of puddings, I don't actually often eat a pudding every day. No way. Um, and no. I think it's. I think it's easy to get into the routine of saying main meal and pudding comes afterwards and our little ones learn to expect the pudding to come. Um, One of my biggest bugbears when Nina was at nursery when she was little is that they gave her a sugary sweet pudding after every meal. And then when she came home, she expected it and wanted it every day. And for me, it's not that I put puddings on a on a pedestal and that she only gets it as a real tree. It's not about that at all because I think you should offer things in moderation, but on a, on a regular basis so that they don't become um, really, really desired, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, but also within that, I think it needs to be in moderation. I don't think we need to be offering a pudding every day, even if it is a healthier pudding. No, wait, like, you don't eat you a know, pudding every need, day, we do don't you? Need, well, that's it. We don't need to have a oh. sweet item after every meal. And I think that is a learned, a learned yeah. um, feeling because that's how we grew up. You know, when I was a kid, it was the same. You know, when we go to school and there's a pudding with every meal. And then school, we grow yeah. up wanting that. And then and then we feel unsatisfied with, with just a savoury main dish. Even if we are full, we still that's want weird. something sweet. Why do they do that at school? I've just thought about that because when I book actual school lunches, it's always like, you know, you pick them and it'll be like, I don't know, pasta and meatballs. And then it'll be like, and a such and such cookie mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And why is that a thing? Like, it doesn't need to be a thing, it does it? They could just thing. have... Surely they could just have a bigger portion. They'll just grab an apple. Right. It is. Exactly. They want something. Just grab yeah. an apple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. I and think they offer fruit. I, yeah. yeah, and fruit. And I offer fruit. I often put it on this, like in salads and things so mm. it doesn't become like the pudding. It just becomes another food. Yeah. A thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it doesn't yeah, need it. Yeah. Just another thing. And it is one of my bugbears with the way children are fed in the school Mm. nursery system. George, you want to finish up on the last one? Let's finish up with this one. This is from Rosie. A vegan one pan oven recipes and batch cooking recipes. Well, what I really like about my, my, this new book, Fast Family Food, and and actually my other books, is that I'm really conscious to make the recipes really um, accessible for everybody. So if you do have a specific dietary requirement or um, your little one has allergies, say, it's really easy to swap out recipe uh, ingredients here and there within the recipes uh, to make it suitable for you. And I've got like a handy chart on, on each of the recipes so it tells you which ones you can and can't do. So even if a recipe doesn't seem like it is vegan, it, it might quite possibly will be able to be made vegan, which is which is quite handy. People say to me they really love that part of the recipes because it makes it takes the sort of worry out of cooking and sort of you know, if, especially if you have a dietary um, allergy with it, for your child, it can feel sort of almost daunting. Like, I've got no idea what to cook. Yeah. In terms of which one, I really like my gnarly mushroom burgers, which is a one-pound meal where you cook the mushrooms. They're like the burger style. It's not actually meat. It's vegetarian. Um you cook them all in one tray and you make these delicious burgers out of them, but you could do whatever you want with the, with the, like, the, like 
gnarly, crispy and sort of smoky and they're really delicious. And that is that is a vegan recipe as well. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah. Lovely. Sounds Love great. Um, Rebecca, thank you. I always feel like we come away learning so much when we talk about food <laughs> oh, and good. all these things that we, you know, maybe are doing and habits that we're sort of sticking to that maybe we should just have a little look at and have a rethink. So thank you. It's been really brilliant to chat to you. I can't wait to get your new book. Where can people buy your new book? Oh, the new book can be bought from all good bookshops. I like to say that because if you're not stocking it, then you're not good bookshop. Exactly. <laughs> but basically any bookshop, you can request it or you can go on Amazon um, and some of the supermarkets will be stocking it as well when it's out. But what I want everyone to take away from this as well is that, you know, don't don't feel like if you if your kid isn't eating well, don't blame yourself. You just mentioned that, you know, take away some things that you could change as well, which is really good to assess how your feeding habits. But I really want people to not like blame themselves for anything. You know, if, yeah. if the children aren't eating, really take that pressure off yourself. I know it's easy to say that, but it's not your fault. Mm. And, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. You know, there's little things here and there that you could possibly change if you want to. But really, every family is different. And feed your children how you feel comfortable in doing it. Lovely. Brilliant. Thank you so Thanks much, so Rebecca. Much. Great to chat to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Are you going to get cooking, Zoe? <laughs> yeah, I always come away from these Q&As and I think it sounds so easy on paper. You know, we know. talk about it and there's this lovely moment where I think we're all going to have this gorgeous meal together. And you know what? I think, you know, just the fact that I can do Sunday nights or Sunday roasts is enough for us at the moment. You know, yeah. the, the it... it it just doesn't fit in with our lifestyle but I love everything that she's about and she's got such a massive following and she, but the way she broke it down I thought was really simple um, that it didn't actually need to be this kind of big stressful event which maybe I've created in my head yeah and I think I mean I've been through phases where it's been really stressful which I touched on in the chat yeah. and I you know that's one of my my joys that's like one of my things that I love mm. like a lot is you know I love cooking and I love feeding people and that you know that's yeah there's something I really love doing but even mm. For me, it's stressful. And I think, I mean, gosh, we we were so strict with Axel, like making him sit at the table, yeah. all that kind of... We're just yeah. not like that now at yeah. all. Like yeah, kids yeah, yeah. getting down, um, you know, running around. Gigi, sometimes she doesn't... Like, she basically doesn't even touch her dinner. But I'm just so aware now that I just don't want to put any pressure on the situation. Yeah, and I think that's really important to anybody listening, especially if we're going yeah. through the weaning process. Mm. You know, both Georgia and I made massive mistakes when it comes yeah. to... When it came to the to weaning you know I used to like tickle Luna under the armpit so that she laughed and then I'd shove a, a teaspoon of food in her mouth I mean how oh. awful does that sound looking back on it but I was only trying to do it because I wanted her to get you know the right food in, and I was you know stressed about it it's one of those things isn't it but I just with kids they they know when they're hungry don't they yep. so they will eat if they're hungry I mean gosh like the I used to th- almost be like to Gigi, if you lick this, like if you lick this bit of chicken, you can have a dessert. I mean, that's mental. That's absolutely mental. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you don't realise how crazy it is when you're in it. And I think it's so easy for us to say now that we're kind of out of it, I guess. Yep. Oh, yep. you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But the fi- like those feelings are so valid. But if you can, I think the only thing that works is just to take the pressure off. Agreed. Like, really. And it's you know what they'll eat when they're hungry and I think that's something that I've learned and I'm not ever going to say I used to be like right you've got to finish everything on your plate 
I don't, you know, ha- no, I, don't I don't ever do want that. them to go through that fear of having to finish everything no, if they're full. No, so. and so many people that I talk to now, you know, who have maybe had like issues with food or they're trying to yeah. change their relationship with food, it's always come from yeah. those co- those things. Um, so yeah, I think we just have to be really mindful of that. Now, <laughs> George, products, products. Do you know what I haven't? I've only got one this okay. week um, because there's no point in us come on, coming on here and trying to find products to talk about that actually you know we're not really using at the moment yep. I just bought a new cookbook um, and it's called One Pan Wonders and it's by Jamie Oliver and so all of the recipes in there you only need one pan for and what mm-hmm. I'm doing at the beginning of the week is saying to Axel and it's actually a good like writing practice for him and things like that but I'm saying to him can you pick two recipes from this book and we'll cook, we'll cook them and oh, he'll amazing. write down he'll write down the ingredients I mean I made this salmon pasta from there last night and he really didn't like it <laughs> Like it at all? No, he was like, "Oh, this is horrible," and I went, "Well, you like you chose it, you know." And then uh, that's absolutely fine. I'm like, "Okay, well, that's cool. You've tried it, and it's just a way of him trying new things. It it doesn't. None of the recipes take very long, and yeah, just getting them involved, really. So I really recommend that book. And you know, to be honest with you, I'm not going to sit here and say to you that I've got all these amazing (laughs) products that I use in my kitchen because the last time I stepped in there was to down a (laughs) glass of water and shout at the kids and then run out. So I haven't got any products this week, but we'll be back next week with loads more, I promise you. Um, Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. As always, we'd love you to rate, review, subscribe and give the podcast a little follow. Yeah, and if you've got any suggestions for these Friday Q&As, these are all for you guys. So please let us know. Drop us a DM on at Mummers on Instagram and we'll be back on Tuesday. Made by Mummers is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.